Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, hello everyone. I am Matt Williamson. It is Sunday evening here before the Sunday Nighter kicks off. As we always do, my initial impressions of this Steeler loss. Um, tough game. I'm not sure this was super unexpected. Frankly, I think Jacksonville's just better. I really do. I mean, uh, I, there are some things to cite and we will and we'll talk about it through the week. But it's a short week, obviously, a super short week. And Steelers have their issues. I mean, there's no doubt about that. But I look at Jacksonville and say, this team won five in a row, two of them overseas, one of them over the Bills. I mean, they're coming on strong. This is a good Jacksonville team. And as we usually do to start this thing, I just want to buzz through the halftime stats and then the final stats. And then I got all sorts of bullet points for you. So at the half, Lawrence was 12 of 16 for 127. No touchdowns, one pick. Felt like it could have been more that they kept the Steelers around in this game a little bit, but the Steelers' D was timely at that point. Kenny was 10 for 16 for 73, 0 and 0. Deontay at this point was 6 for 62 and had 11 targets. Probably should have had eight catches at this point, including the first play of the game, but he would look like he was open the entire first half, to be very honest with you. But there's some ups and downs with him, and we'll talk about that a lot here in these next couple of days, too. At this point, Travis Etienne had 14 rushes for 58, just one catch for 11, but looked pretty good doing it. I thought Ridley looked great in this game. He had seven targets at the half, caught five of them for 72. Steelers averaged just 3.6 yards per play in the first half. This trend is making me crazy. But I do think this one was more execution problems than it was play design, play calling, any of that sort of stuff, especially early. Jags averaged 5.9 yards per play and had 188 yards of offense to 100 for the Steelers. Passing yards were 120 to 68. Rushing yards were 68 to 32. Time of possession, little over 17 minutes for the Jags, little under 13 for the Steelers. Um, turnovers, Jacksonville had two early. 
kept you hanging around. I mean, I told you that early that you can't go into the halftime with a major deficit here. Jacksonville's defense is very stingy early on. Steelers' offense is very bad early on in games. Obvious trends. Um, Steelers didn't turn the ball over at the end of the half, but as you know, I like to cite missed field goals as turnovers. In this case, I don't think that counts because it's kind of a Hail Mary field goal after that unbelievable penalty that sent it five yards back. That was no good. I'm not going to call that a turnover because the clock ran out. Um, Jacksonville had 11 first downs compared to seven for the Steelers. They were three of six on third downs. The Steelers were one of six, which we are going to get to. The final stats, Lawrence ended up tearing it up, really. I mean, only eight completions on 32 attempts. One interception, one touchdown, but 292 yards and looked good doing it. Pickett didn't throw another pass, but Trubisky came in and threw nine for 18 for 76 yards. Uh, One touchdown, one interception, which also was a Hail Mary situation. So um, not going to kill him on that. Actually, he had two interceptions, my fault. Could have thrown more, though, to be very honest with you. I mean, this was not an especially impressive day at all for Trubisky, but he came in cold, and I always like to give those guys a little bit of a pass. Um, he did did lead one quality drive, but he also teases you. You know, I mean, he's, you know, a hard guy to trust. I mean, that's why he's a backup at this point of his career and probably always will be. Deontay finished with 14 targets and seemed like he was open on all 14 of them. Caught, only caught eight for 85. ATN ended up with 22 rushes for 83. Three catches for 70 yards and a touchdown. He was a driving force. Uh, Ridley's stat line didn't really change, but he got targeted 10 times and ended up catching six for 83. It was Ingram that came on strong in the second half. He had 10 targets, caught them all. A lot of them on the shallow crossers. Teams are picking on the Steelers like that a lot now. End up with 88 yards. Harris and Warren combined for 32 rushing yards on just 12 attempts. Doesn't break my heart, though, because when I previewed this game, you don't run on this team. So you why beat your head against the wall with those guys? Yards per play was 4-1 versus 5.8. Total plays were almost identical. 65 for the Jags, 64 for the Steelers. The... Total yards, though, were not close to identical. 377 to 261. Passing yards were 271 to 191. Rushing yards were only 106 to 70. Time of possession, though, was almost 10 minutes in Jacksonville's favor, despite these teams running the equal amount of plays. Brutal. Again, two turnovers for the Steelers. I'm not counting that end of field goal, end of half field goal, nor am I counting the Hail Mary. But on the stat sheet, it comes up as two. Jacksonville also had two. Those were more costly, I would say. Jacksonville had 20 first downs compared to 17 for the Steelers. They were 6 of 13 on third downs. Just 3 of 12 on third downs for the Steelers. That's two straight games that they were just miserable on third downs. So I'm going to take a break, then we'll get to all these notes here, a little more specific stuff, and then tomorrow we'll dig in even heavier.
My number one note is the better team won. The better team probably would have won a high percentage of these games. I, I know people probably kill Matt Canada and Tomlin doesn't have his team ready. I didn't feel like they were super outcoached. I just thought they weren't as good as Jacksonville, to be honest with you. Can the Steelers, we talked about turnovers a minute ago. Can the Steelers even turn the ball over once? I mean, is it that thin of a room for error and win versus a decent team? I don't know if the answer is yes or no, but it's going to be on my mind a lot in these next couple of days and next couple of weeks because if one turnover knocks all the air out of all four tires, that's just such a thin line to walk. The defensive splash, once again, kept a minute. I mean, how many times have I told you when they get defensive splash, they're in games. When they don't, they don't. Um, wouldn't say that the pass rush was great, though, but the ball does come out really quick. Lawrence was quickest in the league in time to throw come in this game. Haven't seen the game for this yet, but he was very precise and I'm sure came out very quick in terms of the stopwatch. I thought the weather mattered in this game. A lot of slipping. Maybe that slowed down both pass rushes a little. Usually does, but I'm not going to blame that. Um, the weather was certainly a factor, though, and it needs to be mentioned. Boy, sure missed Minka. Such a playmaker. You lose him that early. I didn't think the bad, the defense was horrible, but the safeties are pretty bad. I mean, KZ's fault for sure on that ATN botched coverage touchdown catch. And KZ and Neal just don't show up. I mean, Minka is so, so valuable to this team. Um, I thought the inside linebackers played pretty well, though. I, I don't love all the crossing routes in their neighborhood, particularly to Ingram. I'm not sure they were always responsible for that. I don't think I know that they were not. Roberts had a sack and a half. Love him coming downhill. Alexander forced a fumble, showed up well. Holcomb, I'm almost certain, led the team in tackles. I mean, that certainly shows up because he was all over the place and played very, very well. So, again, good stuff there from the inside linebackers, especially when considering what you have invested there, which is not much. The Joey Porter, I mean, he looked ugly on that play, but I don't think that was him. I think it was KZ on the ATN catch. I thought he played pretty well. I didn't see him get picked on. I haven't watched the All-22, of course. You have to play him every down now, right? Can he please be the starting left corner until he retires or his contract's up or whatever? Um, ATN was the engine of the offense, but boy, I mean, they have a wealth of weapons. I mean, they have four guys that are potent receivers, a really good back that never really leaves the field. Ingram, too, is former first-round pick that's playing like it in Jacksonville. He can really run. Ridley attacks you down the field. Kirk didn't show up a lot, but he's a quality player. I mean, again, this team's better than the Steelers. Only one catch for Pickens. We remember what it was. It was a beautiful touchdown. Almost got his toes in for another. My hunch is when we watch the tape, Jacksonville will probably have feared Pickens more than Johnson. Certainly judged off watching TV how open Johnson was all the time because when you don't roll coverages his way, he pretty much just is open at will, which is a testament to him despite his inconsistencies. But Pickens is, to me, a true star in the making, and I think you have to get him the football more no matter what. Um, 
I'm sure the first 15 plays that everyone talks about, the scripted plays, were horrible. They had three and outs on their first four drives. But I saw a lot of open receivers during that stretch and a lot of poor execution with drops or a slip here and there or a missed throw. I mean, blown block. Uh, I didn't see... Boy, what is the play calling doing here? I mean, it's first blush, but that's the way I, I saw it. I think we have to talk about the refs. And I think Deontay Johnson said something that probably wasn't the smartest thing to say. But boy, did they show up way too much on small things. And correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if any controversial call went the Steelers' way. And there was quite a few controversial calls. And I mean that directly. I don't think any of them benefited the Steelers. I mean, I think Deontay said something like, well, they made a lot of money today. <laughs> I'm not going down that road. But it sure is, we'll say unfortunate, that everything that happened in that regard benefited the Jags. You know, Steelers wouldn't have won anyway. I don't believe they would have. I believe that they would have probably, well, they did make that field goal at the end of the half. And then you could say maybe this game would be a little different. But I also think the Jags are the better team. I mean, I say that over and over and I believe it. Now, this team averages just 16.1 points per game now. Silver winning record, they're four and three. But 16, point, 16 points a game ain't going get to get you far. I mean, it just isn't. I mean, I know Cam Hayward might be coming back, but you might have lost Minka. Is Pickett going to play? You got a super short week. You got pretty beat up in this game with some big-name guys. Tennessee, meanwhile, won with the rookie quarterback. who threw four touchdowns. As of right now, Derrick Henry's still a Titan, as is DeAndre Hopkins, who had three touchdowns as is Jeffrey Simmons, who's definitely not going anywhere. He is a stud that had two sacks. I looked at Tennessee and thought, boy, they're terrible. What a great time to play them. I'm not as sure about great time to play them anymore. And I'm not saying Will Levis is the next Warren Moon, but it's a good showing for the Titans, that's for sure. Um, again, as it stands here at nearly Halloween, I think the Steelers are the worst team in the AFC North. Now, I also think it's a really good division. Uh, the Browns lost a close one, but I think P.J. Walker doesn't stink, and I think their defense is big time, and losing a close one in Seattle shouldn't make you hang your head. Bengals won rather convincingly in San Francisco. Wow. They're back. They are back. Burrow is back. And the Ravens won. It's a little scary down the end, but... I have no doubt that the Ravens and Bengals are better than the Steelers, and I'm pretty sure the Brownies are. So, they're not in a bad situation. Hopefully, you beat Tennessee in a couple days, heal some wounds, Hayward's back on the horizon. 16 points a game, though. Not going to go real far. All right, folks. Thanks again. Talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.